May, I'm worried you're turning into some kind of super cuckoo stage mother. Yeah, for once, couldn't you just turn into a good father? Would that be so hard? Hey, give me a break. Living through Lisa is the healthiest thing that ever happened to me. But, Dad, you don't need to help me by humiliating people. Oh, you love sausage, but you hate to see it getting made. I don't love sausage. Then would you like to see it getting made? Dad, you're fired. Fired? Me? Everything I did, I did for you. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where we always sabotage our competition. This week we are here to review episode GABF13. It is a star is torn. I am Dando. I am Guy Dando. How are you feeling this fine, quote marks, day in Geelong? <laughs> I've had quite an eventful morning. I've had highs, I've had lows, I've had yogurt. Uh, so yep. basically this morning I started off on a high. <laughs> that was the creamy centre. Yeah, exactly. I started off on a high because as we've discussed plenty of times here on this podcast, I'm a big Christmas fan. I love me some Christmas time. And it's, it just feels like every year Christmas is starting earlier and earlier. It's almost like, all right, Halloween's done. Bring out the Christmas trees. And... Not gonna lie, I'm all for it. I do love it. Whenever I'm walking down, if I'm walking through a shopping centre and I just see Christmas decorations, it just makes me feel jolly and happy. And I'm like, oh, but also the negative is that it makes me want to spend money on shit. I'm like, oh, I've got to buy a present for this person. The positive of that though is that I'm getting my Christmas shopping done earlier now. It's dangerous to my wallet, but at least it, get, it won't be like mid December and I'm gonna go, oh my God, I've bought nothing. But one <laughs> thing I will uh, suggest for all our listeners out there, a, in Australia, at least, anyway. I'm not sure what is there an equivalent overseas. There would be. I'm not sure what they call, but Snapfish. Uh, they're the kind of they. What they do is it's on a dating website. That's what Nicola thought it was at first. So what they do was they um they make custom cups and custom photo books and cushions and all that kind of shit. Oh. They're the best and easiest Christmas presents you can get 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 done. And they always got big sales on. Do it now. Do it early because you get to December. Everyone jumps on there trying to get their shit done. And if you order like after like the tenth of December, you ain't getting it in time. You know. <laughs> I'm probably going to kneecap any chance we have of getting Snapfish as a sponsor or anything like that. But I remember that the lovely Louise and I were watching, we were actually watching MTV Classic the other night because, as I say, we're old. Um, I I didn't even know MTV still existed, to be honest. That just shows how old I am. (laughs) I I think they rolled out the brand was like, remember MTV? Yeah, Yeah. the good times. Um, Yeah. Wonderful pay TV has ads. That's great. But yep. uh, it's MTV Classic, which is sort of like, you know, the, the VH1 or whatever it was. But it has ads for stuff that's old age insurance or, you know, plan your funeral, shit like wow. that. Um, but it had an ad for Snapfish and both Lou and I were like, what's this shit? No, it's great. It's great. It, it, but I must admit, you know, what, the more we looked at it, I think initially we were like, what's this? It's nonsense. But then it was like, actually, not a bad idea. <laughs> you can get canvases made for like 25 bucks. Hang on your oh, wall. that's all right. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And what you do, the good thing is, too, you can make like custom ones. So you get like HD copies of like classic movie posters. You can turn them into a canvas for like $25. Dando's doing a very good job of turning me around on Snapchat. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was the highs of my morning. So it took 
uh, Holly in to pick up some um, some gifts from Big W here in Geelong and Westfield. I'm walking around. I'm, I'm seeing Santa. I'm like, hey, wait, wave to Santa. Inside of my arm, I'm just waving to Santa because I want to wave to Santa. And, no, but sure. I can't believe Santa's in Westfield already. It's crazy. But I, I like it. It's, you see, people just seem to be happy around this time. Closer it gets to Christmas, they seem more stressed because they've left their present buying to the last minute and everyone's sort of jostling for position in the stores. But at this point in time, everyone's like, oh, Christmas is coming. Yeah, it's happy, blah, 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 blah. But then what happened was we picked up from Big W on the way to the supermarket and taking a two-year-old to the supermarket is the first mistake. But that, that aside, Holly says, says, toilet, toilet. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right, kid, let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> so we get there and... For the first time ever, Holly just decided to poo on the toilet. I was like, hey, good for you, Holly. Blah, blah, blah. So, it was like 10 minutes of cleaning and I didn't, I didn't know what to do because I'm like, do I wipe it here? Do I wipe you up there? What, what's going on here? I'm in the, like, the baby room, but I, I, I figured it out. <laughs> I winged it. But then we got to the supermarket, which is about, I don't know, two, three minute walk away. And we realized that she's left a little stuffed animal in the toilets like on, the, on, the, on the change table. I'm like, oh, shit. So, I turn around. We get there. Thankfully, it was still sitting there. And then- we get to the supermarket, and this is where the ordeal started. And I'm not going to win, not complaining, guys, but basically, we get to <laughs> it the checkout. It's like you're complaining. No, we, we get to the checkout. I'm not going to say what supermarket it was, but the girl's scanning my stuff one. through. We get about two thirds of the way through, and she tries to put the onions through, and it won't work. It's like, no, not working, not working. She goes, Oh, do you know what the price was on this? And I said, Oh, it was the same as like the, the brown onions, I think. So just put that. And she goes, No, nah, no, nah, it's going to be the exact same. I'm like, All right, well, I think it was this. She goes, I'll just call someone up to, to find a price. I'm like, Okay, whatever. So we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. The guy comes up with the goat, he goes, gets the price, comes back, exactly what I said it was. But anyway, she had to confirm, that's fine, it's her job. Then she tries it again, doesn't work. I'm like, well, just, just, he goes, just try the, and he goes, just try the brown onions, it's the same price. I'm like, I could have told you that. So she goes, oh, okay, I didn't know I could do that. So she tries it, doesn't work. Try scanning something else, just doesn't work. She's like, I don't know what's going on here. And she goes, I'm really sorry, but you have to go through the self-serve. Meanwhile, there's like people bagged up behind me. I'm like, well, hey, what? And she goes, you can't, you, know, you have to, so I have to put all my shit that's in bags and all the other stuff that's on the thing out back into my trolley. I'm now last in line for the self-serve because all the fuckers that were waiting behind me are now in the line for the self-serve. So I'm like, oh no. So, so, so fucking, I had to go all the way back and then Holly's just pulling her hair out because she's hungry. So I had to like grab her an apple off the thing and gave her an apple and man, it was not fun. I know I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because it's Christmas time, but my goodness, that was not a fun. It took about no. 20 to 25 minutes to get my shit sorted. <laughs> You are wholly justified in complaining. That's messed up. Yeah, I said to her, can you not just like make it like a, a docket that says everything you've scanned through so far to save me the time? She goes, no, you can't, unfortunately. So I have to take all the shit, put the bags in the trolley, then unbag them. Then fucking put it back. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I know you need your onions. Everybody needs their onions. We've talked about how, you know, we want to, you know, have the four-finger discount branded uh, sautéed onion scented candle. But... Could you have not done everything else? No, nothing. No, nothing. The checkout stopped working. She reset the checkout. The system stopped working. Yeah. She goes, I'm really sorry. The system's not working. You're going to have to go through the self-serve. I was like, you're kidding me, right? whole- <laughs> Everything's glitchy lately. I'll tell you something. I was in the mood for a little uh, late night snack last night. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, go through the uh, Macca's drive-thru. Mm-mm-mm, that's a good apple pie at midnight. Mmm, <laughs> mm, so many calories <laughs> that I'm not going to work off, that I'm just going to sleep out. Um, You're working them off now with the sheer enjoyment that you're doing four-finger discount. There you are. Correct, yes. I, <laughs> I'll be an absolute shadow by the time we're done. Um do it through the app because, you know, that way you build up points to get a free Apple Pay. Um, get there, you know, 
do the drive through, wait for the thing. They hand me the drink, and then they say, "Oh, um, there's a problem with the app. You haven't checked." No, I've got to, I've got to back it up. Go back to the window, and they say, "Yeah, it didn't come through on the app." And I said, "Well, I don't have my wallet. That's why I put it on the app." Um, can we try it again on the app? She's like, mm, "I don't know." Now I felt terrible because you know, this is not, <laughs> this is not a McDonald's veteran. This is not a lifer. This is some kid who. Um, but clear, but I had a hankering for you know for my uh, for my small cheeseburger meal and apple pie, and I must have just fine, 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 <laughs> and just uh, I don't think I said fuck it, but <laughs> it was implicit in my. You didn't time. say fuck. You said fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and that fucking clown. Um, <laughs> no, but then I drove back down to the first window because they gave me my drink, but they didn't give me my food. And she was about to hand me my food. And for a second, I was like, I could take this food and fucking go. <laughs> but <laughs> and what, At what point did you go, no, you better not? <laughs> how, long, how long did I, it take you to process, I better not do oh, this? The, the second that I thought that I heard the, uh, the, the other girl at the other window say, no, he hasn't paid. <laughs> so, so, so I just handed back my uh, my small coke and the straw, and said, "Forget about it." So you got no McDonald's. So no McDonald's. Oh, it's fine. No. I came home. Did the app had take had it taken your order? No, that it's happened once before. The app had taken the order, but the payment hadn't processed. And when that happens, you have to pay by card or whatever or cash or whatever and could you they, not have just have you not just pulled your phone out and just ordered it again i suppose i could have <laughs> <laughs> i suppose i could have done that but, but the rage just blinded my common sense <laughs> the, the the rage overrode the hunger oh and and when, when you got a hankering for something and someone just takes it away from you and i hate i hate the methods you have to go through now to order fast food i know this uh, we'll get to the symptoms in a minute guys don't worry but like i was saying in the last episode <laughs> of one of our shows that the kfc now i remember this even on our my conversation with mitch kfc now has the the same thing as mcdonald's where you get to go order on a screen and they won't take your order at the counter I'm like what is going on here what? just take my yeah. fucking order she, I went up there the other day I wanted to order the kids I said oh, I just need you know whatever it was a fucking zing a meal or whatever and she goes oh sorry you got to use the computer I'm like I'm holding two kids I can't like hold them both and do yeah. it and she goes oh, I'm really sorry we, get, we don't take orders at the register anymore we can't take any cash I was like, we got an FOS machine. She goes, yeah, but we don't take orders here anymore. I'm like, what the fuck are the FOS machines for then? How <laughs> 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 extremely frustrating. Anyway, no, it wasn't frustrating. I enjoyed A Star Is Torn, okay? <laughs> but uh, ha- So we're talking t- about our, our, our general frustrations with life. But see, this is the thing. I am a father of two small children, right? Two and four. And I don't necessarily have much of a social life anyway. So you're essentially my psychiatrist, and this podcast is like my outlet. I need okay. this outlet to get my rage because Nicola is not. I'm not going to put my burdens onto Nicola. She's going through the same issues I'm going through. It's stressful raising two kids, working full time. No, it's hard. She's manager of the state now. I'm not going to bother the manager of the state. So I not of the not, not the premier. She's manager of her business of the state. I should say, listeners. So <laughs> you're married to Dan Andrews. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I need someone to just get my frustrations out to. And unfortunately, I'm going to put it on your shoulders. So I hope you can carry them, sir. I got I got big ass broad shoulders. I can handle this shit. You can yeah, indeed. But, but um, yeah, a star is torn. I thought this was an episode that. So it's a it's a Homer and Lisa story, right? It's yes. an episode where if you're halfway through it, you as as a viewer, you go, oh man, Homer's being a bit of an asshole here. But if you watch this as a full complete story. 
what they do is they they paid off well in a sense that Homer's rage towards the people that he's dealing with and getting Lisa's career off the ground when it comes to the singing talent show, uh, his rage and his actions are blinded by his desire to see Lisa succeed, which I thought was really well done. I do agree with you on that point. I have written down here, hey, a Homer-Lisa story. We like those. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they tend to always be, they have the emotional through line and whatnot. But I just thought the the payoff at the end softened the blow and made his his anger and his just dick Dick behavior make sense to an extent. Because, I, I, I mean, honestly, watching this episode here, more so than any episode that I can remember, reminded me of the relationship that I have with my father, right? So, my dad can be very quick to jump to anger, jump to, jump to you know, just action first, think later. And that that's not a great thing. But I know at the end of the day, my dad would do anything for anybody, especially me. So, a lot of the time when my dad's angry or frustrated, it's because he just wants the best for us, my sister and I. So, I'm watching this going- this just this just feels like I'm watching like me, you know. Like, and I, I, I liked it for that. And I'm not and I'm not saying my dad's I'm not putting my dad down. I'm not trying to paint my dad out to be a monster, but my dad can have a temper at times. But usually, it's because he's just frustrated because he's not able to help us succeed in ways that he thought he was able to. Hmm. No, I wholly get that. I mean, look, there are so many times when I've said I get my sense of humor from my dad and I get my temper from my mum. Yeah, and you know, people, guy, have you got a temper? I'm like. Yeah, of course, but I'm very good at keeping it tamped right the fuck down. <laughs> Have you seen him try to operate technology when it's not working? Woo! Except, except when you know, Daddy wants a cheeseburger meal from McDonald's. Yeah, or, or like when guy when guy can't work out why his, his laptop's not working. I'm just like, I'm just going to go to the video arcade. <laughs> <laughs> there has been more than one occasion before I upgraded my laptop, and Dan was like, "Are you coming through glitchy mode?" I'm like, it's not my fucking problem. <laughs> I'm I'm just going to go shoe shopping. (laughs) (laughs) And when when I say that, I mean I never mean it as an as an insult to my mum. I mean because my mum is not necessarily hot tempered. It's just part of the puzzle that is your mother. Indeed, that's part of the great tapestry that is Margaret Mary Davis. I was just privy to sort of outburst of temper because you know she's a middle aged woman (laughs) raising a uh, you know. Teenage dipshit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's very chill now, as you'd want to be when you're in your 90s. Uh, but um, yeah, Homer in this, yeah, sorry to come back to what we're actually talking about on this uh, show, Four Finger Discount, um, is I don't think I'd ever seen, or I didn't recall at least, this kind of level of anger. I mean, you know, we've seen Angry Dad and all that kind of stuff. This felt different. It felt like real anger. It really did. Now, I th- I'm, I'm going to give our man Dan C, I'm going to give him credit because I thought this was a really good vocal performance. And it, it ramped its way up and, you know, it had levels and um, all that kind of stuff throughout the episode. I thought it was very, very well done. And it introduced yeah, a different facet of Homer, which I really appreciated. I mean, neither you nor I are fans of Jackass Homer, as we've dubbed him, as other people have dubbed him. You know, we when we get that on the on the on an episode, we're like, oh god, this sucks. Oh, this is this is boring. This is out of keep out of uh, kilter with the character, all that kind of stuff. Because what what you were saying earlier about um, there's a meaning behind his actions this time around, or a, a well defined meaning. I don't know, I just thought it was really well done and really interesting. And he does terrible stuff, but at the same time, I was like, 
Yeah, I see where he's coming from. And also, I'm enjoying watching it for some reason. Yeah, I, I just thought they did a really good job. And it's, it takes me back to like, not takes me back, but you know, it, takes, it reminds me of when sometimes the kids, there comes a moment where I'm just like, kids, just sit down. I, I just get like angry. And, just, and, and immediately I go, all right, calm down. Everything's okay. But Homer in the car here, it's like Homer's just, he's having an outburst. As you're saying, though, it felt different to Homer being unjustifiably angry at something. He was emotionally yeah. hurt. He'd, he'd been giving everything to Lisa. So he, as we were saying, he was blinded by his rage, uh, blinded by his desire to, want to see Lisa succeed, that he didn't realize what he was doing was wrong. And it was just the immediate aftermath of that. But once he realized that, I love that it... You know, they could have gone two ways with this. And I feel like even like a season ago, they would have gone down the avenue of Homer then becomes the manager of Cameron out of spite for Lisa mm-hmm. and then realizes he's done the wrong thing or Homer was beca- uh, behaving the way he was because he wanted to be famous and he was living vicariously through Lisa. Yeah. And that would have made all these actions just seem even worse, right? But because they made, he became the manager, I like that he became the manager of Cameron for two reasons. So he'd be able to keep an eye on Lisa's progress and give her pointers mm-hmm. because he'll be at the rehearsal seal and whatnot. He'd have a reason to be there, but it was also to sabotage Cameron, which isn't nice, but as a viewer, you enjoy that. You, you're glad that he did that. I just thought Homer, when you watch the complete story, was a really good father in this. <laughs> look, and in all honesty, look, maybe I'm just gullible. I thought it was a pretty neat bait and switch. I, mean, uh, I, never, maybe, I did not see it coming. I'm not going to lie. I no, thought, oh, here no. we go. Homer being a dick and he's going to realise he's being bad and he's going to say sorry, blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's a, a lack of faith on yeah. our part in the creators of the show that's that we're just fault. thinking. That's, that's their fault, though, not ours. Shame on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going to, oh, they're just going to pull a status quo reset at the end and, you know, Homer will have done all this. You know, stupid shit, and, and she'll just and she'll just uh, you know say, "Oh, and don't worry, Dad, I'll forgive you." And he go, "Fuck you, no, don't forgive him for the way he was behaving." But no, you, you should forgive him because he did. He like he played us all. <laughs> he he played us all for suckers, and yeah. we appreciated it. Yeah, but yeah, even even at the start though, I was thinking, oh, "Okay, we're you know we're doing the reset with." It, this feels like the first time that Homer and Lisa have sort of hung out and really appreciated each other's company and appreciated each other, each other as people. Um, that gets a little old. Old? Yeah. Yes. But when they – the dynamic between them is so nice. And that's a word I'm going to use a lot this episode, nice, because I thought it was a nice episode. But when it starts to play along and, they, and these two are getting along, and they work so well together as a team – that, yeah, it's just, it's something you really appreciate. I, yeah, I, I like this episode a lot. I think if we were doing it, if we were doing an episode on the best relationships in the show, I'm going to say now, after reviewing 16 seasons, that I think Lisa and Homer is the best relationship in the whole series. Marge, Marge and Homer is a close second. But I think Lisa yes. and Homer just, just seem so much more relatable. A really sweet one when handled correctly. Very much so, yeah. I mean, because he recognises she's got the best of him. Yeah, you know, if there's anything good in Homer, it's come out in Lisa. Yeah, and and, and you, he, of course he's justifiably proud of that. I mean, I think he doesn't understand her at times. He's like, who is? Th-? But I, th- I think that might be the same for any parent. They might look at their child and go, "How did I make you?" Yeah, you know. But um, I think he's incredibly proud that you know he's given birth to, or he, no, not given birth to, but. Um, you know, this child who is very smart, who is very sensitive, who is very aware, um, is, you know, can, has half of his DNA 
It's great, you know. That, it's it's uh, it and occasionally forgets that, but more often than not, he's reminded, and he just you know feels justifiably proud and loving of this uh, of this kid that's uh, yeah got his name on it. I thought they also did a very good job of sending up the American Idol singing talent shows in general. Mm. Just the you know everyday kids, just they're there to dream for that fifteen minutes of fame, and then they'll just chew you up and spit you out when they don't need you anymore. Oh god, yeah, Idol was so huge. It was massive in, the- in this era, like the two thousand and five. <sighs> massive. Yeah, absolute monster of a show. You know, cre- and creating stars out of nobodies, and uh, and that was part of the appeal. I mean, just as uh, just as much as you know, hearing some really great singing uh, was. Oh wow, it's a real rags to riches story. You yeah, know? they were they were nobody, and now they're somebody. You can yeah. tell when they're doing the auditions which ones they want you to sort of attach to because you'll be watching it, and they'll be doing all these auditions, and all of a sudden they'll find someone and they'll cue the music. And I'll have them given the backstory, and it's like I came here with my sick grandmother, and it's like, oh, this guy's going to yeah. get through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And and after a while, we all tweak to the, oh, okay, yeah, that's how you do it. There's the, the, and <laughs> yeah, the, but, the, the, when it comes to like the ones that get through, it's generally the really talented and the ones that are mildly talented but have got a good story. Absolutely. Oh yeah, journey. Journey yeah. was a huge word in reality TV back in the uh, back in the two thousands. Yeah, still is to some degree, but I mean. On anything from Idol to Biggest Loser to, I don't know, The Block, it just became a journey as opposed to just, you know, something you watched once a week. And the ones that sort of made it after that, the ones that come to mind are Kelly Clarkson. Obviously, she was the first one and she just went yeah. gangbusters. But, and she sort of dipped off a bit now, but she did a few good songs. But Adam Lambert, I think you would argue, would have to be the most successful to come out of Idol. I would say so, yeah. I mean, he's I mean, fucking, he's a front well, queen, he's, man. <laughs> he's fronting queen now. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you know, the the guest star of this episode, Fantasia Barino, she yep. won season three of uh, of Idol. Like, she was, like, the winner when this episode had yeah. aired. Yeah. Was Idol on Fox? I'm pretty sure Idol was on Fox. Let's just check this. Um, yeah, it feels okay. like a nice bit of sort of cross-promotion if that was the case. Uh, created by Sunfall, produced by Fremantle, and distributed by Ed on Fox, yeah, from 2002 to 2016 for 15 seasons. There we go. And yeah. it was on hiatus for two years. I'm assuming it went to a different station. Let's have a look. Uh, uh, then it went to ABC. Okay. Okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, Idol was massive. I mean, not, and, you know, definitely in the States, but also in Australia. Australian Idol was a very big deal. Oh, yeah, but remember how it just made superstars of the judges? Remember Dicko? And Dicko? Remember him? <laughs> yeah, that's two words you're going to hear a lot recently. Remember Dicko? Yeah, and what, I mean, what about that guy who's got touchdown? What was his name? Well, that was Mark Holden. Mark I mean, Holden, uh, yes. Yeah. It was funny because, I mean, the, the, the trio of judges, he had Mark Holden, who was a, you know, a bit of a dreamboat back in the 70s. Yep. Uh, he was a singer. Marsha Hines, who was a legitimate talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this guy, Dicko, who was a record company exec. You know, came He was the, the Simon of our, of our country. He was. He was our Simon Cowell. I mean, yeah, you definitely were looking, you know, they were looking at the international format and going, okay, we need... The soulful one, the smarmy one, and the dick. Yeah, and um, and Dicko was the dick. You know, I mean, uh, had the had the English accent. No, I mean, I I was writing a lot about TV at that time. I was a, a journalist at uh, writing about TV at the time, and I interviewed Dicko and met him a few times. And look, I'm sure genuinely he's smart guy, genuinely decent guy. You know, but also realised I'm on a good thing here if I you know 
play the man you love to hate on TV. It'll get me all manner of uh, all manner of other gigs and whatever. So yeah, he he played it to the rafters, and but, uh, he was also a fairly smart fella. And you know, as much as we hate to say it, he was kind of on on the on the on point in a lot of ways. You know, when he pointed out to one of the singers like. Look, if you're going to wear an outfit like that when you're doing Big. a presentation or a performance on TV, yeah, you might want to either wear something different or lose weight because that just doesn't look right. And everyone's like, oh, everyone's like, oh my God. He's saying what, he's saying what everyone, we're all thinking. How dare he? <laughs> oh my God. How dare you? <laughs> we, how dare you? <laughs> you know, you're yeah, you're allowed right. to, like, to think it. You can't say it, Dicko. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He's going he's to say what we're all afraid to. I think my favourite thing of all, when it comes to judges on idol shows, nothing to me is any better of the moment when some you know, down on their luck, you know, long journey to get here, someone just wants that, that dream and they perform the performance of their lifetime and Simon gives them the thumbs up. <laughs> just like the Simon Cowell thumb of approval is like the greatest fucking thing in the world and everyone's like see he is a nice guy <laughs> it's just like the he's Simon Cowell thumb of approval I love it he's not just there to you know uh, tear strips off uh, off everyone you know he recognises talent when he sees it dude he fucking started One Direction the dude's a genius he, he wants to make he, he knows how to make money that man I tell you <laughs> oh absolutely who else did he, he didn't start the Backstreet Boys did he start like Westlife or something he started some other huge band Oh, all, the, all these boy bands are sort of merging into one for me. So um. so he is responsible. Oh, he was responsible for Susan Boyle as well. Man, that's a flashback, wasn't it? Susan, he was Westlife. Oh. Yeah, it was Westlife who he, who he started. Susan Boyle, man. Remember the last thing I ever heard about Susan Boyle was she was offered a gig in porn. That's the la- <laughs> that was the last thing I <laughs> That was the I ever heard. I don't think she took him up on that offer, thankfully. But anyway, so <laughs> was it called Boiling Point? Good news, everyone! Yes, everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. It's Tales of Futurama, available exclusively for four-finger discount patrons. Starting all the way back at Space Pilot 3000, we're reviewing every episode of Futurama as we sink back a cool, refreshing can of delicious slurm. So be sure to sign up today or else Bender might tell you to... Bite my shiny metal ass! Tales of Futurama, available now at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. This message proudly brought to you by the Hypnotoad. Hey, my favourite! What were your favourite moments from A Star Is Torn? I had a fair few. Mm-hmm. So let's go through them. Let's do it. Um, i got to say, well, let's see, I stand from the top. I thought Lisa's fantasy of the itchy and scratchy cartoon that she would be in was actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was. it had all the necessary itchy and scratchy. And Lisa folded in her social commentary kind of well. It was, um, I don't know, I got, I got a, a fair bit of a kick out of that, i got to say. Um, one thing that I thought was very funny, and not everybody will will have this happen to them, I, was, I did a freeze frame because I was going re- to go back a second to find out something for a trivia question that we'll have in a moment. And I did a real, a, a perfect freeze frame on Carl's face. When Lenny, um, Milhouse is doing his audition to When a Man Loves a Woman, and Lenny, are you the man or the woman? And I froze, and just as Carl is sort of pulling a face like, ooh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, what a burn. But it was just, I'm going to try and find the best way to explain this. There's a, a really awful movie called Samurai Cop, and Samurai Cop has a partner, uh, this African-American gentleman, this black gentleman, who... Uh, whenever he is like a a, bur- a burn or a zinger, 
pulls this kind of face. And I'm sorry, folks, you can't see it, but it's... Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what I got with this freeze frame. I had to stop for, for about 10 seconds and go, ah. <laughs> thought it was so funny. Should get the uh, side by side and try and do a comparison. I will do my best to do that. Yeah. Uh, I've actually written down LOL here. I've actually written out LOL um, on a few things. But LOL at the Buzz Cola trapdoor. It's very good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Another thing, just the, the sponsors just jump on board for the, for these singing shows. It's all about just getting making that money. That's all those shows were all about. They didn't care about fucking giving anybody their, like a, a chance to reach their dream. It was just how much money can we squeeze out of this? Yeah, pretty much, you know. And if um, and if you if you yeah, sign yeah. up for that and don't know what you're getting yourself into, then it's your fault because <laughs> it's pretty obvious. They don't even try and hide it. You're kind of a sucker. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, if so, if, if you're able to, you know, game the system to your um to your advantage, then absolutely. Jennifer Hudson, of course, she's the oh, of she's course, one of the yeah, big, she's yeah. one of the big ones from um from Idol. I love it when you see, used to see, and you don't really see them often anymore. But back, you know, ten years ago. The bitter former winners who go, you know, they they offered me this and they guaranteed me that and they gave me nothing and we're just like, and you thought that was yeah. going to work? Like you you thought you were going to be something? Come on, you're fucking on American Idol. What the hell? <laughs> if you didn't take advantage, if you didn't take proper advantage of the platform, that's on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, Lola Paul Simon getting the boot. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, ten year old boy turned out to Paul Simon. <laughs> Yeah, and I thought Cameron's song at the end was just hilarious. This is another aspect that I liked as well. I was going to get into it later. We'll do, get into it now. So Homer goes and writes a song really quickly, right? Homer was the songwriter for the B-Sharps. So he actually has a talent in writing songs. Yeah. And I love that he went to the piano to write it. That's what he does. He went to the piano to write Baby On Board. I was like, ah, call back. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, I just thought... it. It seems unrealistic, but when you take into account, Homer's actually pretty good at writing jingles. He's he's got a, an ear for a catchy tune, absolutely. Yeah. So, what were some of your favourites, Dan? Well, I and I just enjoyed the song that Lisa sings about about Homer. I was like, this is mm-hmm. bringing out all sorts of emotions that The Simpsons haven't brought out for quite some time. I thought that was just if this was in like the season one to nine, this would be a moment that people constantly go throw back to say, oh. That's one of the best, one of the sweetest moments of television ever. Because it's season 16, it's stuck towards the end of season 16. I don't think many people even remember this. This is up there with some of the most emotional moments ever in the history of the series. I thought that song was great. Well, see, we're doing the Lord's work here. Dude. We are, know, yeah. You know. Rediscovering we're, we're, the little diamonds hidden among the rough. We're, we're deep in the blood diamond mine. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, slaving away, uh, working up a sweat, but occasionally... Every once in a while, we'll find a gem. Mm-hmm. And it's just like and, uh, last week, the Heartbreak Kid with fucking Al Brooks. It's just like, oh, this never gets spoken about. How does this never get spoken yeah. about? So like, I feel like yeah, at the end of each season now, we need to go and find like the moments that, and recommend them mm-hmm. to people saying, go watch this one, go watch this one for this moment. Like this is why like people don't watch the show as much anymore, but check this out, you know? Listen to your old pals Dando and Guy. They yeah, will, yeah. Uh, lead you. They won't lead you astray. I also really enjoyed Homer yelling at the squeaky voice teen and then realizing that he had the correct <laughs> candy all along. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that's happened so many times where you you jump to conclusions and you just you just assumptions. You just like mm. this. I'm you've done it wrong, right? And you go, oh no, you were right. Okay, you done it right. Thing. Okay, I'm oh I'm really I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> also squeaky voice teen running out of the dressing room here. He's crazy. All right, I think we should get some trivia, don't you? Let's. Next question. You there, eating the paste. 
All right, it is time for some trivia. Before then, let's read out the names of our $20 patrons for supporting us here each and every month. We do love you guys all. So Andrew Zur, Steamed Hand Champion Dylan Haggett, Pete Anderson, Jordan Moleman Ritchie, Christopher Darby, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan, Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you guys so much for your ongoing support. And just a heads up, guys, whenever I do a YouTube video now, at least once a week, up on our YouTube channel, we're coming close to 20,000 subscribers. We're getting up there, Mr. Davis. We're doing well. Uh, we have, we've hit the 10 million views mark, so we're doing well on now on the old YouTube. So YouTube.com slash TV. Make sure you check that out. But every video we make now, every $20 patron gets their name in the credits of the video. So thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. And hopefully you'll enjoy seeing your name on our YouTube videos as well. But also shout outs to our newest members of the family, Mr. Davis. We've got Andrew Calder, Simply Benjamin, Michael Sultana, he's returned, Scott Gerard, and Shane Hogan. Thank you guys for jumping on board the Four Finger Discount family. We love them so much, don't we, Mr. Davis? We do indeed. Hi, folks. Very Hello. nice to uh, have new people aboard the bandwagon. Yeah. Also, another big shout out to our $100 patron for the month. Of course, it's Mr. Elliot J. O'Neill from the Simpsons Index podcast, a fantastic Simpsons podcast that I highly recommend you all go and check out, particularly an episode from a couple of weeks ago where Guy and myself made an appearance reviewing Colonel Homer and the season premiere of season 34. So the Simpsons mm. Index podcast, check them out, subscribe and share it around with your friends as well. Shout out to our man, Elliot J. O'Neill. It's worth listening to even when Dando and Guy aren't on it. It's, I reckon, I would suggest it's even more worth listening to when we're not on the show. What do you reckon? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> All right. My first trivia question is, when is Mo getting the big screen TV? Oh. What month? Think of <laughs> the biggest football game of the year. Okay. So September. No, no, no. Uh, American football. <laughs> okay. So think. <laughs> Frantically Googles. Um. When is the Super Bowl? It's February. It's February. It's late, late January, early February, usually, yeah. Uh, my first question to you, how much does a two-ounce bag of chips cost? Oh, shit. When would I have seen that? At the very start, when the when the Quickie Mart is being robbed. Oh, man. I did not. Oh. So is that what I'm asking for, yeah? Was it yes. $4.99? It was $5.99. $5.99. Yeah, damn it. Uh, how many seasons of commentaries does Krusty have to go and record? Oh, I want to say 12. 27. Holy moly. Holy oh, yeah, moly. It's funny when we were chatting to Matt Salmon a couple of weeks ago, he's like, I'm pretty sure we've done like commentaries for nearly every episode, but they're just lost somewhere. <laughs> I made it for the DVDs and just never used them. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> what's your next question? Uh, what is Clarissa's number during the auditions? Wow, these are really tricky questions. You've got me again. I'm going to say 13. You're very close. It's 17. 17. Okay. I should have gone with your lucky number 17. There we go. <laughs> you, I think you listeners will have no idea what we're talking about. I believe that was a conversation on the um, on the Seinfeld podcast for our review of the Pez Dispenser we did recently. Well, maybe you should be a patron and then you could hear that. And oh, that's also know. on the free feed, but you, you get early access, early ad-free access if you're a patron. But you'd have access to all our inside jokes and, you know, to and fro before anyone yeah. else. Exactly and right. Does, isn't, yeah. isn't having stuff before everyone else, you know, just the best? We're also about to record our season one recap review of um, Tales of Futurama as well, which I'm looking forward to sinking my teeth into. A fantastic opening season of Futurama. You can find every episode on our Patreon. But anyway, what's your next question, Mr. Davis? 
Well, I just asked oh, you. No, that was your question. My next question is, what is the slogan of Buzz Cola? Oh, man. Three, it just said three words on the on the screen. No, tell me. I've forgotten. You got it? Yeah, it's uh, brown, fizzy, and real. <laughs> That's how I've been described. No, I've been described as any of those things. Um, what is the name of the piano store? Oh, fuck. I knew, I knew I should have written that one down. I didn't. What was it? It's called the Toothless Elephant. <laughs> the Toothless. Okay, there we go. All right, any more, any more questions before we move on? Uh, let's have a look. I've got one more for you if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Hit me. What are the two extremes on the applausometer? Uh, sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Is the one, is that right? Yes. And oh, I can't Think remember. Akadaka. What are you struck? Remember. Thunder. Thunderous. 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 <laughs> there we go. All righty. All right. I, I, I feel like they use the, the applausometer to its full extent very well in this. <laughs> <laughs> it got a lot of good gags out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So that is our trivia for A Star is Torn. We'll be right back, guys, after this quick break with our in-depth review. Yeah. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know. So who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, that's right, guys. He's back. After three long years, our old pal Mitch Grinter is returning to Four Finger Discount, where he and I... We're going to be picking up where we left off. Yes, starting from the beginning of Season 11, Mitch and Danda will once again be discussing all things Simpsons, as well as catching up on everything we've missed out on these last couple of years. Our new show, it launches this Monday on the Four Finger Discount Patreon channel. So if you want all new Mitch and Dando in your ears each and every month, you can support the show at patreon.com slash discount. But for now, enjoy the show. The original air date of A Star Is Torn is May 8th, 2005, and I've just realized here looking at the wiki page, Mr. Davis, why I like this episode so much and why we like it so much, because it was written by the one Carolyn Amine, and Carolyn Amine is one of the best writers, I believe, in Simpsons history. She's fantastic. Um, she And when it comes to Lisa episodes, she wrote the Halloween of Horror episode with Lisa. Mm-hmm. So Lisa episodes, she is just the best at. So Carolyn Amine... Big thumbs up for her. I love me some Carolyn. Uh, it was also directed by one Nancy Cruz as well. So I think having two women at the helm of this episode when it came to the writing and the directing really goes a long way to ensuring you get a really good daughter perspective on this episode. I agree with you 100% on that, Dando. Yes. All right. So the episode kicks off with the Simpsons at the Quickie Mart. And they've got the 3 p.m. robbery. Uh, Snake's trying to steal some money from Apu. And the poo whistles at home to go call the police. He's got no change. This was a flashback. Remember having no change for the payphone? Oh, one eight hundred reverse. Oh man, not about that. Remember you said that? I was like, ah, oh, okay, yes. I just loved all the stage. I loved all the stage whispering. And I was like, I need change for a dollar. I um I have this vivid memory when I think of phone boxes. Of we somehow I cannot remember how we got it. But my friend Michael and I, and Fitzy, who I've mentioned on several podcasts, the mm-hmm. the naughty Fitzy, we got the phone number for the phone box near our house. So it was at like the local like shopping, like a strip of shops, right? It's called Love You and Square in Norlane. Mm-hmm. And we somehow got the phone box phone number. So we'd call this number and the phone box would ring. So we'd wait for people to walk past it and we'd call it. And then I remember just, 
it was when phone booth came out. So it was about 2004. And then like the people answer oh. the phone, we go, don't hang up the phone. And people would just be panicking. I look back now and think, what a horrible thing to do to people. Horrible. That, that, that is bad. That's traumatic. But at the time, you know, I was like 13. I just thought it was the fucking greatest thing of all time. <laughs> we never threatened to kill people. Except, just like, don't hang up the phone. <laughs> except like, don't, don't hang up the phone. <laughs> if you exactly. walk away, I'll, I'll shoot you. In our minds, though, we sounded like Keith Sutherland. <laughs> like Keith Sutherland. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Homer's um, refusing to pay the five ninety nine for the uh, for the chips because you know no no change without purchase. So he says, "Rip off! Someone should shoot you." So Mar- uh, Mar- uh, Marge says here, "Oh, I thought we we're going to miss the three pm shooting." So Lisa suggests we go elsewhere. I've always thought that. Why does everyone shop at this one store? I mean, you got, I suppose you've got the supermarket. Why not the supermarket? Exactly. Why would you go to the quickie? I mean, they, wow, it's a convenience store. There's nothing convenient about this. No. When you've got the, well, like, the convenience stores are good when it's convenient because nothing else is open. Why are you going yeah. there during the day? <laughs> and that's it. But <laughs> yeah, why would you set foot in a 7 Eleven? At 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. <laughs> you do it at 11. Well, you know, it's seven. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not convenient at three. It's convenient at fucking 3 a.m. when nothing else is open. But anyway, that's true. So Lisa suggests they go elsewhere and they go to Cletus's, uh, his stand. I've just got here. Please just end Cletus. I don't need any more Cletus. I'm done with Cletus and Brandine. I don't need any more. As I've written down here, Cletus jokes. Why? <laughs> yeah, the whole, that's my baby carrier, the burlap sack, and she protects him for a walk in the wheelbarrow. I'm, I'm just done with this. We get it. Move on, please. Yeah. No, that's that's, um, I did have here, like, what didn't work, and that was my what didn't work. Cletus and Brandine, they're fine for one-liners occasionally, but just and it's just too much. I did have here in my notes, we, we skipped past it, but it feels like, at this point, the writer's room have six favourites that they like to have for characters to speak out in a crowd setting. Mm-hmm. Sideshow Mel, Largo... Cletus, Lenny and Carl and Barney. So Lenny and Carl and Barney, no, they've they've been constant throughout the series. But what is it with Largo and Sideshow Mel these days? My goodness, I don't know. Look, I'll put a hand up for Largo. I like Largo. <laughs> yeah, but it's just you got a whole array of characters yeah. here. Why are you going back to the same two? Especially Mel. A- Mel just is just like fucking fuck off with Sideshow Mel now. Jeepers. Yeah, that is correct. But yeah, you're right. You've got a town full of people. Yeah, just yeah. stop using the same old, same old. Exactly, yeah. Just give us some variety. Not that I dislike the characters, but just give me some variety. So Lisa suggests vegetarian meals. So the vegetables have been promoted from side dish to entree. We're now at the family dinner table. They're all eating. Homer thinks the mushroom is just like a rubbery, fungus-like steak. I, it is, I do like this take in the sense that when my, my sister's vegan and she brings over some vegan stuff sometimes and I'm eating it and I'm like, it's fine. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Pass the mustard, please. Quickly cover this with some mustard and some sauce and some salt and some pepper. It's it's all right, I guess. Pass me some soy sauce, please. You just, you just gotta, you gotta, if you cover it in shit, it's fine. But without the sauce, my goodness, some of that food is just not great. That is correct. Although I think they do a very good job. The animators do a very good job here of making it look kind of appetizing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This looks like your typical sort of vegetarian feast. Everything. Oh, the abundance of Mother Nature. All that kind of yeah. business. Oh, when it's all vegetables, I'm all for it. It's fine. But when you try to get meat substitutes, I'm like, ah. My sister brought this chicken this chicken substitute over once, and I was like, I'd rather just eat veggies than eat this and pretend. If I'm going to eat a vegan meal, just give me veggies. I don't want to pretend I'm eating meat. I don't. I'll, I'm hap- I'll happily eat meat tomorrow. That's fine. I'll get my meat. Yeah. Tomorrow, just give me veggies. I can't be psyched out that easily. It's like, 
mm, this thing that looks and feels like a burger is actually made out of plants. I'm like, no, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Homer. I'll just eat a portobello mushroom. Uh, yeah. I am. Um, you know, it's funny. I used to hate mushroom. I only like the the heavy vegan foods. Like my sister's big on mushroom and capsicum things like that. I, I used to hate that zucchini as well. Ooh. Delicious. Love it now. Yeah. Oh, March! I'm giving birth to a food baby. Uh, I feel like something crawled inside me and took a crap. Bart, don't use that word. Oh, crap! <laughs> I brought you some wheat tea and dry toast. No fair. Lisa didn't get sick. It's because your bodies are so used to processed food, it's a shock when you eat vegetables full of vitamins, minerals, and trace amounts of bug feces. I've had that on occasion when, you know, I've decided to, oh, look, I should eat a little bit healthier. And, you know, you you go hard on the uh, on the fruit and veggies and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you lay off the carbs and the stuff that keeps you all sort of blocked up. Yeah. And all of a sudden, whoosh, <laughs> it just goes right there. It's like, hmm. Well, there's something to be said for this. Yeah. <laughs> now, give me that apple pie and cheeseburger, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and then sneak out after dark and do the drive through. Yeah. The drive by. The drive pie. Oh, no, there you go. That's why they pay you the big bucks, sir, and not me. Uh, so, Homer, he's eating the dry toast. And we, this gets used a lot in various shows. I did it recently on our review of um, Fry in the Sloan mm. Factory. Yes, no, no, yes, yes, yes. They kind of went a little bit too long here, I thought, was but it, it was yeah. fine. Uh, Lisa says, you know, all go to sleep, and she sings the Mockingbird here. And I've just got here in my notes, I like that she stops singing it and just hums it at the end, because that's mm. exactly what I do when I'm putting Holly to bed or Elliot to bed. You sing the songs, and then eventually it's like, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transition into the hum, and then get quieter and quieter, and slowly walk out, and then kick three toys on the floor on the way out and slam the door. <laughs> and then they're <laughs> working. <laughs> it was so, last night was so funny, for me anyway. So I'm laying in bed, right? And Nicola's going to put Holly to sleep because Holly's waking up at like two o'clock and she's walking and she I, finally like 10, 15 minutes later, she's got her to sleep. I hear the door slowly close and all of a sudden I hear, boom, wheels bang into the wall. And I feel, for fuck's sake. So <laughs> Elliot had left his um his Spider-Man like little cart in the middle of the floor. And on the way there, because the bedroom light was still lighting the hallway up, uh, Nicola could see it. But then she whispered to me later on, turn the light off so that Holly wouldn't see the light. I'm like, okay, cool. And then she forgot that it was there. So obviously she walked out of the room, nice and quiet. Boom. So it's, it's the boom, the wheels crash into the wall, the for fuck's sake. And then Holly, again, I'm like, oh, I am, I am rolling over and going to sleep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought it was very nice that she starts humming them to sleep. The family are feeling all better in the morning because they're only eating food that they know has a soul. One second though. I'm, there's something I got to say and I'm going to out myself as history's greatest monster here. I really hate the Mockingbird song. Yeah, for what reason? I just don't like it. it. Just it, maybe I've just heard too many versions of it where people are really trying to, you know, slather some hot sauce on it, and you know, Mama's gonna buy you a diamond. It's like, oh god, you know. Also, it's just a really greedy message. It's like this: What does this kid want? Do you know what Elliot's sing to sleep song is? I saw my baby crying hard as babe could cry. David Bowie from Labyrinth. Dance Magic Dance. Oh. <laughs> Fucking loves it. <laughs> but if I sing that just quietly, I saw my baby. He just goes to sleep. Loves it. Do you do it in the Bowie voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saw my baby. He um so he 
Yeah, I, I made sure that I don't sing him stupid fucking nursery rhymes. I sing him classics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Holly's Holly is big on All Star because it's in the Shrek and she's big on Shrek at the moment. But what I do is I because we call her Whole Star, so I say, Hey now, hmm. you're a whole star. She thinks it's her song. <laughs> That's A plus daddying. Well done. It, it really is, yeah. But yes, you are history's greatest monster, just so you know. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever sung Mockingbird Mockingbird to the kids. I don't think I ever have. It's very cliche. It's kind of like when you ask uh, someone who says they're wearing a Nirvana shirt, what's your favourite song? They go, oh, it smells like teen spirit. <laughs> you slap them across the face. Lithium, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> in bloom, please. But the, <laughs> yes, I said the family are all feeling better in the morning. They're eating food that has a soul. Let me see Krusty on the TV promoting his little star maker singing competition. Do you have what it takes to be a singing sensation? A dynamite voice? Ruthless, pushy parents? A void in your self-esteem that can only be filled by applause? Oh, God, I know that void. Then you were born to enter Krusty's Little Star Maker singing competition. Unaffiliated with American Idol. We've never even heard of American Idol. The winner will be animated into an itchy and scratchy cartoon. So enter today, especially if you're a funny-looking kid who doesn't know he sucks. I'm a-coming, Krusty! They don't actually, I thought this was going to be the episode, because I'm pretty sure I remember seeing marketing at some point of the three judges from American Idol, but maybe I'm just thinking of the one that has Simon Cowell in it. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but for some reason I was expecting to see, was it Randy and Paula? Yeah, that's right. Paula Abdul was, uh, yeah, gave her a bit of a career rehab. And uh, mm. what, what was Randy's thing? Bit pitchy dog. And the winner will be animated into their own itchy and scratchy cartoon, looking for a funny-looking kid who doesn't know he sucks. And Bart suggests that Lisa, because she sung them to sleep. The other nice aspect of this episode was that the whole family was supportive of Lisa, saying, do it, you know, True. go for it. You didn't yeah. get Bart saying, you can't do that, Lisa, you suck. It was like, no, everyone was like, go for it, you can do yeah. this. And even Bart sort of, re- you know, <laughs> reverting to his old type and saying, oh, wait a minute, I was nice to you, throws a bone at her. It's like, oh, well. That's, that's been the trait of the character relationship the entire time the show's been running. The whole yeah. basis of the Tracy Ullman shorts was the kids hated each other. <laughs> so we're now at the auditions, and they said, we're looking for cute, not creepy. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. The families are then all in line waiting to get in. And Marge, you know, sometimes if you believe hard enough, God cuts you a break. You know, we pay his salary. I, I, I don't know. It seems silly, but I like this. I like that Marge was just so... She's Optimistic. very blinded by her faith sometimes, and she just believes the best in the universe. And I was like, this just reminded mm-hmm. me of my mum. It's like, you know, just you know, believe in yourself. You put in a lot of effort, and good things will come. And I'm like, damn right. <laughs> yeah. What you put into the universe will come back to you one way yeah, or another. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've always been someone that sort of scoffed at shit like that. But lately, I've sort of taken the idea of positive... Mental thinking, you know, put put it out, the putting out to the universe, as you said, the positive thoughts. And I'm just like for Nicola, for example, the whole time I'm inside, I'm kind of going, oh, it's gonna be pretty hard if she gets a job. But I'm like, you know what? The whole time I'm like, no, you're gonna get the job. Of course you're gonna get the job. I'm telling you, you're gonna get the job. And she got the job, and I'm like, maybe there's something to this. Even if it doesn't always pay off, just being positive, it just, it just <laughs> changes your whole outlook on life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're manifesting, Dan. Yeah, exactly. Doing. Yeah, my sister's rubbing off on me. So Lisa imagines herself in the um in the cartoon, and it was a little bit preachy, but I thought, as you said, preachy but still funny, and still seemed to feel like an itchy and scratchy cartoon. It did very much. I mean, I, I appreciate that Lisa knows what makes itchy and scratchy works, or m- what makes itchy and scratchy work. Yeah. Uh, but she's not going to compromise her own beliefs, and you know, as we said before, use the system to your advantage, and that's what she's uh, that's what she does. The only sad thing about this was that. 
we don't get to see Lisa animated into the country, I guess because you kind of saw it here what she wanted to do. But it would have been nice, I thought, if maybe shorten the opening act a little bit and have the episode end or maybe put it over the credits. Even though I like the jazz hands over the credits, mm-hmm. have Lisa's cartoon, but somehow she's worked in Homer and in like a loving way oh, into, yeah. into the cartoon. I thought it would have been a, like a nice little extra tidbit at the end of this episode, but I don't, it didn't need it. But I just thought it would have been nice to have seen her get the, the benefits of winning the contest. Crossy then comes in and says he's got to record 27 seasons of commentary, so let's get it on with it. And he remembers nothing about the show, and they're going to use the applause meter to decide who is good and who isn't. Rolf comes in, sings half the alphabet, uh, and Lisa says here, can't believe I used to date him. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sure you dated him. <laughs> it was He was infatuated with you, and you kept telling him, I don't want to be with you. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, it's a bit of a cheap line, but still not an unfunny one. Then we get the really good singer who is who, Mr. Davis? Clarissa Washington. Washington Wellington. She's very good. She sings the same song Lisa was going to sing. She gave me the emotional experience of a lifetime and a poo and snake hug during. So at least they pay off the opening act, I guess, here. Uh, you know, a poo and snake hugging during the song. And Lisa's very worried about this because she's very, very talented. <laughs> I just love Homer saying, thank you for this angel, Lord. <laughs> and also, there was a, I don't know if it was here, but I've got mm-hmm. it written down at around this time. I think Bart says something about like Whitney Houston brought to life. Oh, uh, yeah. So basically, Sideshow Mel and Lago are giving their thoughts. And then Clarissa, um, she's entered through, she's gotten through. And then Bart says, she sings like Whitney Houston brought to life. And I was like, this did not age well. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> no. I had to look up when Whitney Houston died and it was like seven years later. Yeah, so she was alive at this point. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm wondering if Whitney was sort of going through her phase in and around 05 when it was. Um, she was going off the rails and it was fairly obvious to all that she was going off the rails and, you know, saying stuff like, I don't do crack, crack is whack. <laughs> or crack, crack's a poor people drug or something. But Homer says he'll write the song for her and it's not just beer in here, I'm in here too. <laughs> quite nice. He, he, you know, he's acknowledging his alcoholism at least, but he goes to the piano store <laughs> and I was going, yeah, of course he's going to the piano store. B-sharps, he, he knows how to work the piano. Yeah. Milhouse then sings and Lenny questions his sexuality. This was very cruel. I'm just going to hear, why, when did Lenny and Carl become the douchebags of the show? Remember the last, yeah. the last what, the future, future drama where they just walked past him when he's stuck in the tree? They just become mean. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And look, I mean, you could say, Oh, well, that's kind of, they're, they're making fun of the joke. By the way, uh, you know, uh, Carl says, oh, making fun of it's actually a good one. It's like, there's probably some cool, enlightened people in the audience who are going, yeah, yeah, making fun of the kid's sexuality, good one. So they, it's like they're trying to cover their ass. Let Lenny and Carl used to be the nice guys that the kids are kind of like looked up to. Like, remember, like, hmm. not Lenny. Like, everyone likes yeah. Lenny. You know, and, but, and we do get a, a funny Lenny moment coming up in a few moments when, um, when he, he's crying about Lisa's mm. cat, but still, I just like, I don't know. I just this mean side of Lenny just never seemed to come out. Maybe it was always there. I don't know, but I feel like there's other characters. That, there's other characters that would have been better fit for a line like this, in my opinion. But anyway, it's only mm. a small thing. So then Homer returns with the song. How'd you do it so quickly? Oh, most of the tune is plagiarized. I've been to Paris and London and Tokyo Town But one crazy burg has them all beat hands down Jacksonville? I'm talking Springfield You can buy chimichangas talking Springfield The chicks are big as zongas There's tires on fire A guy named Apu And Skinner and Grandpa and old 
Disco Stew. Did I forget to mention you? You? That's me! I'm talking Springfield, where nobody sucks. Except for Flanders. Just huff and puff, blowing smoke up their ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then we get Mel again. Jacksonville? And I'm like... Why is what is it with Sideshow Mel? You're fucking you're in love with Sideshow Mel at the moment. I don't I don't understand it. But then at the end of the song, except for Flanders, <laughs> 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 then the applause meter shoots into Krusty's eyes, going, "It's thunderous." And as the audience are always right, I just wish my it was the same with my stockbroker. Yeah, what are you jokes? No, that's a quality joke. I'm like, it is a quality joke. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's not a great joke, but it's yeah, pretty good for off the cuff. That's a quality joke. <laughs> Storms off. Lisa says she loves working with Homer. Homer says we're going to write and sing our way out of this godforsaken hellhole. And Marge points out, you're just saying that you love Springfield. He's like, I wrote Shelby before, but changed your name. And I'm like, that doesn't really work because you were referencing townspeople in the song. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa then sings and Homer... Sh- this was great. I thought this was almost like a devil's advocate moment. So she sings the song, The Glass Breaks. I'm going to shoot one of these glasses with my BB gun every time you hit that note. I'm like, I did not see that coming. I thought it was great. <laughs> Just so, so stupid, but it worked for me. <laughs> Homer says, yeah, he's not going to be around for much longer. So we've got to make the most of our time because Mo's getting a big screen TV in February before the Pro Bowl. Hopefully my beloved blue shirts can win. We're now at rehearsal and Lisa wants a green light. And the guy's like, sorry, we don't have a green light. Homer goes to talk to him. Homer just getting shit done. That was like part of her song. It's like, you know what? You just, you got stuff done. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can you can take issue with his methods, but uh, there's no denying the man uh, got the job done. Yeah, his, his daughter needed something. He made it happen. And then there's a little, little touch of wiping the blood off his face as he came back. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. He's like, is it green enough for you? Because I can make it greener. Greener. We're now at Christy Lou Studios for the show. And Cameron sings and the girls go crazy because he's cute and threatening. And he smiled, brought a puppy back to life. Homer, and Homer says, don't you worry because my son that I wrote for you is so schmaltzy. It'll make Moon River look like a farting orangutan. She sings. And did you see the sign? So she sings the song. Homer holds up the sign, 10% sadder. sadder. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that the Homer character gets these shows. He watches enough television. He understands them. He knows how to rot the system. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, very, very funny. My kitty died on Christmas Eve. Daddy told me to be brave But instead of singing carols I was digging Snowball's grave <laughs> Oh god, I miss Lisa's cat so much! This shit is fucking sad, man. <laughs> this is actually a really sad song. It was very, very, very good. And Lenny says, oh, I just miss Lisa's cat so much. So Krusty says, you know, it's time to eliminate a player because each week a player will be eliminated and all votes were lost and Paul's totally made up. <laughs> I always, I never, I reckon I, reckon I voted maybe on the first season of Idol. Now I was came to my senses and I'm like, there's no fucking way that this is legit. They're just taking our money, surely. True, true. I, I think I voted once. Do you remember there was a, a kid named Bobby Flynn? I, the, the, I can just remember Shannon Noll and Guy Sebastian. I was so irate that Shannon didn't win. I never watched it again. <laughs> Nolsey. <laughs> uh, um, this Bobby Flynn kid, he, he sort of had um, Sideshow Bob hair or such a, yeah, he had a big okay. sort of mop of curls. I kind of envisioned it, maybe, yeah. Yeah, he was, 
one of those sort of wild, not a wild card entry, but, you know, he was like, oh, this guy's not going to win, but we're going to sort of show that we're interested in different kinds of musical styles and different kinds of performers. So he, you know, did sort of jazzy stuff and acoustic stuff, and he was actually really good. (laughs) But I was like, this guy's got no chance of winning. But you know what? He's got one vote from Geelong, and it's courtesy of Guy Davis. There was one person from Geelong, I won't name names, but she um she was on, I think it was Idol or X Factor, one of those shows, and she was she did quite well. She got through to like two or three rounds before she got eliminated. But for like a year, it's like when someone from Geelong gets onto one of those shows, they fucking milk them. She's like singing at halftime at the footy and she's fucking yeah. doing this and she's the grand opening of the fucking Christmas tree this year. And, and the next year it's like, <laughs> I don't worry about her anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Good old G-Town. Do you know they put the Christmas tree up already? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Nicola had to book an interpreter for it. And I'm like, the Christmas tree, it's like November fucking 10th when they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Lou sent me a video of it uh, from Instagram or something like that with two of the guys from City Hall. Like, we got the tree coming in. And they, <laughs> they look like used car salesmen. Or yeah. they sound like used car salesmen. They were just, it's like, come on down. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> you, you know what I love? Yeah, that's great. You know what I love about it was that it was brought in by a person that everyone hated. No one, well, not to say everyone, but like so many people disliked, shouldn't be in power, blah, 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 brought in. Now all the fucking people in power are just like, what a great, we've re-signed it for another 10 years. And I'm like, you fucking kicked the guy out because you said he was wasting money on shit like this. Now you're claiming it as your own. <laughs> Geelong. It's such a Springfield thing. Geelong is Springfield, I tell you. <laughs> it's like the, our Christmas tree is like our escalator to nowhere. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Krusty, yeah, so we got the um, the, the poor the poor contestant Katie. She's the first victim of the buzz collar trapdoor. All right, you know how it works. Every week we eliminate one contestant based on the votes cast by you, the audience. Disclaimer: all ballots were lost and vote totals made up. First contestant eliminated is Katie Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you are the first victim of the Buzz Cola trapdoor. Fall into the flavor hole. The newspaper transition. I like the way they handled this. So rather than have to mm. show all the different people getting eliminated, just newspaper transition. Just get through okay. the entire series. We're down to the final three, but in between, 10-year-old boy eliminated for turning out to be Paul Simon. Very well done. <laughs> Got a good laugh out of that, absolutely. Clarissa then gets eliminated, which caught me off guard. I was not expecting that. I was like, oh, yeah. well, okay. Keep crying. It's dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Fantasia uh, wasn't much of an actor. <laughs> uh, we're now in uh, Lisa's change room, and, Homer, and Marge says, you know, you were perfect out there. Oh, Marge, you're confusing her by telling her she's perfect. I'm trying to make her improve. Then <laughs> the squeaky voice team walks in with the Twizzlers that he asked for, and he goes absolutely apeshit on the guy. Turns out that it was Red Vines anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then the family are all shocked by the way he's behaving. They can't believe it. And Marsh says, you're turning into one of those, you know, kooky stage mothers. And Bart says, yeah, you're going to turn to a good father from time to time. And I'm like, at, the, at this moment, I was just like, damn right. And at the end, I was like, kind of was a good father. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going about it in a weird ass backwards kind of way. But he got there in the end. He got things done. Yeah. He said he's never felt healthier living through Lisa. And Lisa says, I, 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 I don't think you need to be humiliating people to be doing this. Oh, so you love the sausage, but you don't want to see how it's made? I love that saying. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> I don't like sausages. So you want to see it being made? made? <laughs> uh, then she fires him and turns around and says, everything I did, I did it for you. And in my brackets here, because obviously I'm doing it as I'm watching it, I'm like, they're going, for, I've got, they're going for emotion here. Is it justified? I don't know if they are really going for genuine emotion there. I think they're really just sort of steering into the whole showbiz, showbiz melodrama 
cliches yeah. and tropes. That's true. Because uh, yeah, you yeah. see that kind of you see that kind of scene in so many movies, like A Star Is Born, which of course the uh, the title is um, you know lifted from. Uh, but yeah, I mean, God knows I've watched so many movies about behind the scenes and show business, what it's really like, and you've got so many scenes like that where it's like. I may behave badly, but it was only because I was trying to make you a star. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I guess that's what they were trying to do. Dad, I'm sorry you're hurt, but you left me no choice. You were obnoxious at a level not even permitted in show business. Do you know the hours I worked? The people I had to yell at. The tires I had to slash. No one asked you to yell and slash! It's called smoothing! Bart, you want to go to the video arcade? Hell, I'll even go shoe shopping. Hey, come back! I'm coming down! We'll have family fun! Family fun! Gets all the car doors open. There's a little touch there, so you get the exterior shot of the house. The car's in the driveway. Mm. The doors are all still open. Did you notice that? Yeah. (laughs) That's a good move. Good touch. Uh, so we're now at dinner time and Homer has brought a guest and it's Cameron. I was, I was like, oh, this can go one of two ways. I hope it goes the right way. He's now <laughs> Johnny Rainbow and Homer is Colonel Cool and I'm the captain of this rocket to the stars. Yes. Are you a captain or a colonel? I'm neither. I'm both. I'm both. <laughs> Great. Very Priceless. good. Uh, so now Homer is teaching jazz hands. There's something about jazz hands. It's just it's fun. Jazz hands. <laughs> Immediately reminds me of Bring It On. Spirit fingers. <laughs> Bring It On is a movie that I feel like deserves some kind of like 20 year reunion or something because I fucking loved Bring It On. I think Bring It On is a perfectly good family friendly fucking comedy. I like Bring It On a lot. Oh, Bring It On is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, and they've done all manner of uh, spin-offs and sequels. It was sort of, I don't know if they're unofficial. I don't think any of them got Kirsten Dunst in it. But they're not the same, are they? Ah. It's like the American Pie ones that, you know, have got like Stifler's Nephew. (laughs) So, I um, think I think it's good though that they never did a sequel with the original cast of Bring It On because it just makes the first one feel so much more special. If they did just some stupid second one with it's like oh now Kirsten Dunst's little sister wants to do it or something like that. It's yeah. just I don't know. But yeah, I just I really really um I really really enjoy Bring It On. I haven't watched it for a long long time, but whenever I see jazz hands, I just think spirit fingers. <laughs> just stay, it's, just, <laughs> it's weird how something like that just stayed with me. <laughs> But you're not. You got to know the difference between jazz hands and spirit fingers, though. I mean, jazz hands is yeah, where you just sort of yeah. wave them, and That's spirit right. fingers we actually wave the fingers. Yes, so, it's all in the wrists, as uh, apparently. <laughs> for, for me, though, whenever someone says it's cold in here, I always say there must be some Taurus in the atmosphere. I just can't help it. It just comes out naturally. I can't stop myself. I try to stop myself, and I can't. <laughs> but anyway. We're now at the... Where are we up to? Oh, yeah. So, Lisa says... Oh, he's looking at the window. He's teaching um, teaching Cameron at the jazz hands. Lisa says, he looks happy. And Marge says, no, you know what? I still think he's, he's upset with the way things went out. He walks in. says hello to Marge. But Maggie says little helper. Then when he says her name, he starts crying. He says, look, I, I made you some cookies. And he, abs- he says, That's, cookies aren't going to win me back. And he starts... He loves them. He says, they're great. And as soon as they're all gone, up, oh, they're finished. And he leaves in a, in a half and a puff. <laughs> We're now at rehearsal. And he... The man won't give Lisa the light that she wants, but then when Homer walks in, he asks for some elaborate setup with an astronaut on a surfboard, gets it straight away. Yeah, no problem, Mr. S. And then Homer, as Lisa's walking out sad, gives us some advice. Lisa, um, at the end of your song, remember to look into the spotlight. It makes your eyes twinkle. Oh, thanks, Dad. Oh, you're welcome. 
and at first I watched this and I was like, oh, Homer's trying to like sabotage. He's giving her something. Yeah. Like, and I was like, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. He's being nice. What's happening here? <laughs> this is going the way it should go. <laughs> it had me off balance. I didn't know. And then, and then when that, from that moment on, I was like, maybe this episode's going to pan out okay. All right then. For, for a good while there, I was kind of like, uh, I'm not really liking Homer in this. And then after that, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are you doing here? So it's now time for the grand final. And Krusty points out all 30 kids have, have suffered from the buzz collar trap door. They're still down there. They're supposed to clean this every night. <laughs> what do you mean you talk to your shop steward? Poor old lazy teamsters. He then introduces Lisa, who confesses that her normal songwriter. And that's the other thing about this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure on those shows you sing actual songs, you not know, songs that you wrote. Whenever a contestant would come out and you were a reviewer and they'd go, I wrote this song myself. It's like, oh God, this is always death. <laughs> Bernie, if you please. I'm in the final two. I should be happy. But all I want to do is spend more time with my pappy. Now that you're gone, Dad, I miss you so much. And your threats against teamsters and techies and such. Your management style is like Attila the Hun. You were vicious, malicious, but you got the job done. I'm sorry I hurt you, but please don't be sad. You're no longer my coach, but you're always my dad. My goodness gracious me. This is getting yeah, in all kinds touching. of chills. Yeah, it's very, it's really touching. It's very good. And something I enjoyed very much, though. Yeah. Well, it was just a very, it's a tiny little touch. Was at the very end of the song, she doesn't do like a big bow. She's just a little sort of, you know, sort of head nod bow. It's like, I like that. That was good. It was, uh, you know, you nailed it. A nice little visual touch that, uh, I don't know, it just worked. For, it worked for Lisa, it worked for the situation. Uh, so the, even the applause meter is crying. Wait a minute, it's battery acid. Have you had battery acid on your fingers? It burns like a motherfucker. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'd remember if I had, but I do not believe I have. Yeah, okay. Haven't it Ford once something exploded and the battery acid went on like my pinky? My goodness. <laughs> oh, no, no yeah. the pinky. Not good, no. The, the most defenseless of all fingers. <laughs> uh, never stood a chance. But Lisa says to Homer, I don't care if I win as long as you're in my corner. And then he says, I always was. She's like, what do you mean? You go watch Cameron sing his song. <laughs> you know, he's going to learn a valuable <laughs> lesson about the music business. Don't trust anyone in the music business. <laughs> Goes out and he sings his song about being privileged. And as you were saying, it's a very funny song, isn't it? I love that the kid, has, really I love the kid is so young that he has no idea what he's doing. He, realizes, he thinks he's fucking nailing it. <laughs> yeah, he just thinks, oh, no, this is just, a, you know, not me showing off. Just being like, yeah. I'm the coolest kid in town. I'm a privileged boy. It's great, I gotta tell ya. Privileged boy. My dad can buy and sell ya. It really doesn't matter that you're on the list in front of me. I'm gonna get your table cause I always tip the maitre d' and then I'll go to Yale because I am a legacy. I'm better than you. The crowd all hate it. They throw tomatoes at him. I believed in you. And Lisa realizes, wait a minute, I'm a sabotage. You sabotage him. And I'd do anything for you, especially if it's easy. And they all walk <laughs> off happy. And I just thought, this was just 
a really good episode in the end. <laughs> like it, it took me on a, a wave of emotions. I was sort of at the start. I was like, oh, Cletus, and I was like, ah, this is, I like the takeoff of the American Idol. Uh, Homer's been a bit of a dick here, but whatever. Oh uh, yeah, he's being a bit of an asshole. He's now managing Cameron. Oh wait a minute. He's being, nice, he's being nice to Lisa. What's happening? Oh, oh, nice song about Homer. Oh, he sabotaged Cameron. Peaking, peaking. This is great. I thought it ended on a real high note. I really like this episode. It really did. And it's not over yet. No, because, it's not. No. I mean, I've been a bit of a, a critic of some of the deleted scenes or extra footage that they have over the closing credits. But this with the uh, Homer teaching jazz hands to Lisa and then to Maggie, who's not quite getting it, but she's trying her darndest. Thought that was lovely. And then just some very nice jazzy music over the rest of the credits. Yeah. It, was, it was a very good way to close out. So, yeah, Daddy Daughter Tom, I really, really enjoyed this. Obviously, being a, a father of a little girl now, it certainly helps. But the previous ones that we haven't liked over the credits, it's because it feels like it's deleted scenes that were deleted for a reason. This here felt like an addition to the episode, which is completely different. Yes. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Stick with food that's, uh, that's got a soul. Yes. And you <laughs> no, will, don't, don't, you'll be, no vegetables. No vegetables. I'll just charge all. through your system. I learned that sabotage is fun to take part in and to listen to. <laughs> Very well put. From this day forward, your names will be... All right, guys, before we get off the new names, I just want to let you guys know that I think Elliot may have just come home a little early. So if you do hear some shenanigans happening in the background, I do apologize. All right. The Guy Davis New Name Championship at the current state stands at this. In first position, we have Philip Hawkins on 20 points. In second position, D.L. Gorman on 17 points. And in third position, Luke McKay on 16 points. Tell me, Mr. Davis, what do we got? We've got a couple of honourable mentions before we actually get to the gold, silver and bronze. Uh, What are they? I'm a big fan of I Know Why the Stage Nerd Sings. Ooh, very good. That's from our friend, I believe, Shannon. Is that Shannon Dowdle here? Dowdle? I want to say Shannon Hofer, I believe. One of our $20 patrons. Shannon Doherty, former star of Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, former star of um, Charmed, I want to say. And I'm sure several <laughs> reality shows in the early to late 2000s. <laughs> and also, yes, a, a big fan of Four Finger Discount. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one. Um, and of course, I had to go with, uh, for an honourable mention, the Colonel Cool Experience featuring Johnny Rainbow. Ooh, that was very clever from Clever Kyle. Clever Kyle. Well, I was going to throw back to Shannon Doherty, by the way. I sound like I was hanging shit on it, and I was. I met her at a Supernova Expo thing several years ago, I don't know, five, six years ago. She was like the loveliest person. She was so nice. Oh. I know she has a bad reputation in certain certain areas in Hollywood, but she was just like the most lovely down-to-earth person. I reckon I stood there and chatted to her for about 15 minutes. And I, I've never seen well, an episode you're... of Beverly Hills 90210 or Charmed in my life, but we're just talking about life. She was a great person. <laughs> well, you're a nice person, so it, it makes sense that you were would get along with another nice person. I try to be. <laughs> All right, what's your, what, what's your one point? One point mm-hmm. goes to Stand By Your Dadidja. Stand By Your Dadidja. Very good. That's some, um, ooh, from a newbie to the Guy Davis New Year Championship for this season. Snuck in just in time. Kenneth A. Rice, well done. You know, in the wild card. Rice. The season. Yeah, well done. Wild card. Like I said, <laughs> listeners, ne- it's patrons out there, I'm obviously going to be a patron to, um, to enter the Guy Davis Championship, but it's never too late to enter a new name and you might get yourself in the wild card draw to win a prize at the end of the season. All right, two points. Two points for Sing It On. Ah, we're just talking about Bring It On. There we go. We were. Yeah, it's nothing to do with cheerleaders, but we somehow tied it to Bring It On, so <laughs> it worked. <laughs> oh, spirit Fingers, of course, yeah. And that's from our man Luke McKay. Whoa, okay, so Luke McKay is now currently on 18 points, only two behind Philip J. Hawkins. Very exciting. This is very exciting, but I wonder who got three points. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Dando? 
Yes. Who's responsible for American I don't? Ooh, see, that's the thing. If you want to get the three points, you just got to put in a, a doe pun of some kind with Guy Davis. You kind of And that was from, oh, the Philip J. Hawkins has now extended his lead once again to five points. <laughs> he's got the three. Oh, he's always extending. So this is episode J. 18. There's three more episodes this season. It's very tight at the top there. D.L. Gorman in third on 17, Luke McKay in second on 18, and Philip J. Hawkins 23 in first position, 23 points. So if there's a five-point differential between first and second. It can be one back. It can be just completely wiped away with a couple of three-pointers. So Luke keeps sending those names in. DL, you can do it as well. I don't think anyone else has a chance, to be completely honest, but keep sending those new <laughs> names in and if you might get into the new name uh, leaderboard and get a chance to enter the wildcard draw. All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time we enter the mailbag. Mailbag. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. This first question here comes from Reese Roberts. Which is your favorite Star is Born? His personally is the Judy Garland one. Honestly, I haven't seen any of them. So this is your question, Mr. Davis. Haven't you even seen the Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga? No, I've heard nothing but good things, but I just never got around. I just like, yeah, it's too much other good shit It to is watch. really good. It's, yeah. a, it's one of the first movies that I saw with the lovely Louise, actually. Okay. Uh, so maybe I'm... <laughs> maybe that's coloured my impressions of it. But mm. no, I think that's really, really good. Uh, I haven't seen the one with Barbara Streisand and Chris Gustafsson from the 70s. I remember seeing the Judy Garland, James Mason one uh, on TV back in the day and yeah, I thought it was fine. I just, yeah, it wasn't really my speed at that time. I should probably rewatch it. And yep. there was even one before that because I think it's been remade more than a few times. Uh, this one was in the 30s and I'm not sh- uh, I can't tell you much about it, and I certainly haven't seen it. So, by the process of elimination, let's say Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, because it is a really good, uh, really good movie. This next one here comes from Ian Astley. He says, "Have there been any stars come from the Aussie version of pop stars, or pop idol, or X Factor, whatever they call it over there?" I think the biggest success story in the UK has to be the One Direction. Although I think Leona Lewis, Little Mix, James Arthur. And maybe some others did pretty well internationally too. Susan Boyle did pretty well internationally, I think, for a little brief period there. I want to go back all the way to the original one, which I think was called Pop Stars, which had these, mm. was it not Scandalous? What were they called? Bardo. Bardo. Yeah, with Sophie Monk. And she's still somehow just getting her name out there, isn't she? Sophie Monk's unstoppable. She, she, just, <laughs> she just knows her shtick and she does it very well. She really, yeah, I mean- and that stick is hot bogan. <laughs> yeah, well, Nicola's like, oh, she talks like such a bogan. I'm like, yeah, but it's because she that's what her stick is, and she knows how to do it very, very well. And there's a lot of yeah. bogans out there just like, hey, yeah, she's fucking hot. So, <laughs> top one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she's, she's playing it up a lot more. I feel like she's got a manager who's just like, all right, just play this shit up because that's your demo. Yeah. Go for it. Because yeah. back in the early, when she was on Pop Stars, she wasn't going, yeah, fucking love this show, mate. Yeah, it's going to be good. She wasn't putting on that Bogan voice at all. No, she was trying to be, you know, sort of a semi-classy, you know, she was the the hot blonde bombshell, but uh, yeah. yeah, not the hot Aussie blonde bombshell. But yeah, she's really steered into that. You're right. I remember that I, there was, they, they released a song, not the first one. The first song I know the shit out of me, they had a second song called, I think it was These Days. And I thought that was a banger. And I found it, it just randomly popped up on my, my Spotify algorithm, I don't know, about six months ago. And I was like, this song's for like a, just a three minute pop radio friendly song. It's good. It's good. Bardo, okay. B-A-R-D-O-T, These Days. Hmm. Check it out, listeners. It's not bad. Okay, then. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, who else was well? I never understood Guy Sebastian. I never understood the the appeal. I mean, Guy Sebastian's incredibly talented, but it was, it was never for me. I, I think it was he because he, not- he just lost me with his whole "I'm a Christian virgin." Oh, like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> Shut your Christian version. Shannon, I was like, I'm gonna fuck your mother, mate. <laughs> he played up. The, I, I didn't realize at the time because I went back and watched Shannon Knowles like audition tape, not or audition clip on YouTube oh, about a year ago, and mm. I forgot that he had like the journey, and it was like the farm boy who never got the chance to show his talents. You know, he's a, in a family of like four or five boys, and ah mm. oh, yeah, Shannon, yeah, you know, yeah, Shazza, he's a fucking, he's a good singer, mate. Yeah, 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 and like everyone, <laughs> it, it, like they cued the music and. He was just he just played up the whole yeah yeah I'm just I'm just happy to be here guys yeah 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 and like I was like no wonder this guy was like huge for a while but oh give yeah. a cut honestly though he had some good songs Shannon Noel was it Drive Drive, Drive for, forget about the what about me like whatever it is like that, that yeah. this is the thing that what they used to do was they'd sing songs that were already released on the show and with their biggest hits that like the, the biggest biggest successes singing those songs on the show they would then just remake themselves and sell it as a single so he did what about yeah. me which was originally sung by who can you remember a band called moving pictures it was That's very it. Yep. big in the early 80s yes yes and he, he did a pretty good version of what about me but i was just like yeah whatever it got overplayed but he did drive and what was the other one? Oh yeah for the fat show yeah you've got to lift remember that one? Oh, that's right yeah. That's, a, that's a that's a good song. <laughs> and I remember, yeah, so, so, yeah, Nolsey was a bit of a big deal. Jessica Malboy was she? Yeah, yeah, she was on Idol. Uh, all right, well, that might wrap up the mailbag. We're running a bit short on time at the moment. We've got shit to do. Elliot's here, and I know. I just know if we go any longer, I'm going to get the the dreaded Nicola death stare. <laughs> <laughs> Burns through your very soul, but no, Nicola's lovely. She um she's a big reason why we're able to keep doing this show. <laughs> the manager, yeah, she is the manager of the state. That's that's only name, Nicola, manager of the state. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you guys for listening to our review of A Star Is Torn, a really good episode. And if you haven't gone back and watched it, please do so. It's another diamond in the rough for sure. Absolutely. No, we had a great deal of fun uh, watching this. I think we had even more fun talking about it, didn't we, Dando? I think so as well. The next episode is called Thank God It's Doomsday. Don't remember this one at all. We've definitely entered the era where I've stopped watching, I think, because I don't remember. I remember seeing them being promoted, but I just don't remember. I may have watched them, but I just don't remember these episodes like at all, um, which which is nice. It's nice going in and sort of feel like you're watching episodes for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, don't forget, guys, to please follow us on Twitter whilst it's still there, at Four Finger Pod and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram, because <laughs> every weeknight now at 6 p.m., just like the old days, I'm chucking up Simpsons clips with the old Channel 10 logo in the corner just for that little bit of extra dose of nostalgia. So if you want some Simpsons clips at Four Finger Discount and on Instagram at Four Finger Pod on Twitter and at Four Finger Discount TV on TikTok as well. You can follow us on there and find some Simpsons clips. Also, it's just the best way to catch up with Guy and Dando if you're not patrons of the show. But if you do want to support the show and you enjoy everything we do here for as little as one single dollar we do, you can get access to our Facebook group and a bunch of other exclusive podcasts just to tantalize your earbuds with some Guy and Dando exclusiveness. And also available on our Patreon now is the Mitch and Dando Revival Four Finger Discount where we kick off from the beginning of Season 11 where we finished three years ago. And our review of Beyond Blunderdome is up there right now for your listening pleasure so you can check that out. All right, Mr. Davis, this has been our review of A Star Is Torn. Next episode is Thank God It's Doomsday. Actually, you know what? That's a lie. The next episode of Four Finger Discount is going to be us reviewing Radio Bart from Season 3 with the one and the only Bill Oakley, which I cannot wait for. Holy moly. Bill Oakley? 
Every month now, we're going to go back and revisit a classic episode. So Guy on Springfield is now available. All the, all the future ones are going to be available on the free feed. So we're going to go back once a month and revisit a classic episode with a special guest star. And the first one is Radio Bart with legendary showrunner slash writer Bill Oakley. Cannot wait for that. Holy smokes, Bill Oaks. And if you want early access to that, you can find it on our Patreon feed. All right, Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Not so much for the listeners, but more for you. Hey, Dando, I think it's getting cold in here. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. I said, <laughs> brr. <laughs> Shh.